All right. I asked them to show you that video again. Now, we shared that one with you last week, but I wanted to make sure if we had people who were absent. But in, 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 we sh- in fact, last night we didn't share it at Country Church because I thought we've already shared it. And, but as soon as they did, I wound up just repeating everything he said uh, again as a recap. So let's, let's just let it do it again. And that way you don't have to listen to me as long. So uh, anyway, but no, I, this is something, this will be the last week that we do this. Next week, obviously, it'll be missions. And this is just a, a last time just to kind of share with you just this, this thought, this vision, this future, uh, this future look, future generations. And uh, this is kind of what, uh, what we've kind of focused on for just a couple, three weeks. And, uh, and we'll finish that today. But I, I just want you to catch, and I think you're, you're, you're catching on with me, of how important this is. And, and not just how important this is, but how important it is to me too. Because, because of who God's called us to be. And what our mission is, and so uh, so we'll be again we'll be jumping into those things. I'll be sharing with that a little bit today, and then we'll finish up with just um, uh, uh, some look of where we're going to go from here and getting this thing going and 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 done. But I, if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 18. That's where we're going to be today. Uh, if you don't have the app, uh, you may want to jump onto that app. Uh, and uh, is, there's instructions in the in the heartbeat of how to be a part of the app. Basically, all you got to do is hit the button, and it's got all the messages, the notes, and then all of the scripture verses right there on your phone, too. And so uh, it's kind of neat. But today's title is Priorities. You'll see why we titled it that. And, uh, and let's just jump into just a thought today. I just have a snapshot I want to give you. It's a snapshot, it's a snapsho- snapshot that Jesus gives us. And he uses an illustration. While we're not going to talk to you as much about the point of why he was sharing, and I want you to see see what he was sharing. It's, it's pretty it's pretty neat. So if you have if you want to just follow along with us, uh, uh, number one is is what I'm going to call the question. Okay, the question. The disciples asked Jesus a question. That is the twelve. And here's the question in in chapter 18 and verse one it says this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying or asking, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, context. It's really hard to understand their question unless you understand the context. Okay, context is is that Jesus is at the height of his popularity. I mean, think about what the guy can do. You know, he's feeding huge crowds with a handful of food in a free lunch. Hey, let's everybody go see Jesus. And then he had the ability to teach, share. He was a storyteller. And people loved listening to his stories. And he, he could communicate. And so people would flock around. And he could also heal. Uh, he'd even on a couple of occasions raise people from the dead and, and healed them of their diseases and, and, and recovery of sight to the blind. And so, and so these 12 disciples knew who Jesus was. Now, I have shared this so many times with you, but the gospel is made up of two. The gospel message is made up of two components, who Jesus is and what he came to do. I believe that the disciples at this point in time knew who Jesus was, but they still did not know why he had come. They they had filled in what they thought was the reason he'd come, but they still didn't know. What I mean by that was they probably thought, which makes sense, is that the Messiah, when he was to come, he was to come to be one who was like Moses. Well, that makes sense. 
that they would think that, well, because what did Moses do? Moses was led by God, empowered by God to be a deliverer uh, and delivered Israel from their slavery to the Egyptians. And so they just thought that when who the Messiah, that is Jesus, they already knew who he was. They thought that he'd come to do the same thing, to deliver them from the, from the Romans and set up a kingdom, right? Set up a, set up a, a kingdom that, of, of self-rule where Israel could rule like they did back after they left uh, out of Egypt. And so that was what was in their minds as disciples. And, and here's what they've got to be thinking. Now you know and understand the question. Can you put that one back up there? Now you see who's the greatest. In other words, now Jesus, we know who you are, and we think, you know, we, they thought they did. We know why you've come, and um, we just need to know, uh, Jesus, um, which one of us is going to be your first in command, and you see where they are? They're like, a, like typical men. They're, they're all poking out their chests and figuring out, okay, they're going to try to figure out the, the pecking order here, right? Of who's going to be in charge? Well, Jesus, well, we know you're in charge, but who's going to be the greatest, you know? Because they're seeing, hey, we're with Jesus, right? We're with Jesus. And though, so they're thinking they're just going to ride this thing out. And, uh, and so they're wanting to know, you know, Jesus, we know who you are, and you've come to set up a kingdom, and, uh, and we want to know uh, who's going to be greatest in that. And so now you get the context, the rest of it falls into place as to why Jesus did what he did. And where I, we're going to talk a little bit of, of how Jesus answers this question, because this is an important question. Not so much of who's going to be the greatest, but, but the real question that needs to be answered is, what is it that Jesus considers great? Because remember this, this is, a, this is something for you to remember and to understand, that if you're going to be a believer, if, you're, if you are a follower, okay, not just someone that calls themselves something, but you truly are a believer that's a follower of Christ, uh, I can give you a little bit of advice through lots of years and through studying the scriptures, is that if this is what the, the way the world thinks, right? if you'll do the exact opposite, you'll probably be on the right page. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but it seems to be the truth. Let me give you a for instance. Here's how the world teaches you uh, according how important you are. Therefore, your importance is on this model. Not saying this is what we believe or even what you believe, but the world around us does. And here it is. It's kind of built like a pyramid, okay? Now, you've got, you've got people at the top, and you've got a, the people at the top have a whole lot of people under them. And then your goal in life is to work your way up the pyramid to where more people are under you than are over you. And however high you get is, is your importance. I would say that's the way our world thinks. That's true. But Jesus, Jesus, okay, again, it's like I said, okay, Let's do the opposite. Let's flip the pyramid over to where you've got a pyramid sitting on its point. Jesus said to work yourself down the pyramid to see how many people you can be under and serve. Got it? And so 
So Jesus is going to try to explain it to these disciples about who's the greatest and that, and that they're, in fact, he couldn't even really answer their question because, because of how they were thinking and maybe a lot of the way a lot of the people in here think. But what is greatest? What does that look like? So I wanted to give you the context, but my real reason for sharing with you uh, today is to let you see, let you see what, how Jesus answered them and what he used, which brings us, number one is the question. Number two is the illustration. Jesus uses an illustration. Again, great teacher. He loved using things, props. I love to use those things. And, uh, and the illustration is this. And calling to him a child. Now, his answer to the question, who's the greatest in the kingdom? <laughs> he brings over a little boy and puts the little boy in the midst of them. Now, there are several words for, for, for child and other things in the scriptures, and we don't even have those words, but there's a word for infant, there's a word for adolescent, teenager, and then there's a word for child. The word, word for child, this is a word for child. So probably this little boy was, I don't know, five, six years old maybe, maybe a year older, maybe a year younger, but somewhere in that in that range, because by the age of 12, they were, they, they'd already had another word for them, right? But, so we're talking about a, a child. And it makes sense when Jesus, the point that Jesus is making. So he uses, he, he, he has a live illustration right in front of them. And I don't think they get even what he said. Because remember, they're not even on the page yet of why Jesus came. They knew who Jesus was, but they still didn't know why he'd come. And so he's sharing with them things that are going to make difference later after Jesus is crucified and resurrected, but they're not going to make a whole lot of sense to him now. But we'll understand it. So he called to them a child, and he put them in the middle of them, that is in the midst of them, and this is what he said to them, truly I say to you, okay, unless you turn, okay, the word turn there is the word for convert or to transform, um, to make something out of something. Turn. It turn. Turn makes it feel like you're just turning around, but it's more than that word. So unless you turn, or unless you convert, or unless you transform, and it says there, and become, and become like children, okay, you're not only not going to be great in the kingdom, you're not even going to make it. Now, that's a powerful statement for every one of us in the room to understand, but he uses a child as an illustration and says to convert or turn, if you don't, if you don't become like a child, then, then you're not even going to make it to heaven, much less be great there. Okay, now that, that, that's something that we all say, you know, sit up and make, take notice and then he goes on and, and he gets kind of to the real greatest, if you will, characteristic of those who are his. And humility is it. And it says, whoever humbles himself like this child is grace in the kingdom of heaven. So he has points, he has directions, and there's a lot more to this. Uh, there's a whole lot more to his teaching. But I want to kind of go down one thought today and, and kind of explain to you this whole thought of a child. What is Jesus talking about? You know, and, and you can think that these disciples were thinking to themselves, well, is is Jesus going to put children in charge of the kingdom? I mean, remember where their brain was? They're not getting what anything. Of course, 
I think it became a commonplace thing that they didn't get half of what Jesus said, right? I really do. You read through it. I, half the time, none of them got it. In fact, most of them just kept their mouth shut thinking, you know, well, there he goes again. I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying something. And um, I think that's kind of the case here with this child. So anyway, this is interesting, okay? I want you to think about then this whole concept of child. What does that mean? Well, it teaches us a little bit about the gospel, uh, what it means to convert or to turn, uh, to transform. You know, scriptures teach, the scriptures teach that, um, that, that something happens. It's an experience. Call it whatever you want to call it. When somebody becomes a believer, Jesus, Jesus talks about it in John 3. It's, it's like being born again. I mean, it's not an actual birth, like a physical birth, but there's that picture of something happens, something is created that wasn't there before. Something comes into view that wasn't there before. So it's, it's a picture of a turn, convert, whatever, and, and it's kind of like starting a life as a believer, starting a new life as a believer. So Jesus kind of terms it like is that you become a child. And a children, children are amazing creatures. They really are. I, uh, I love being with children. Um, children are at a time in their life. Why would Jesus use a child? Because children, children are filled with wonder. Uh, this past week, you know, I'm a grandparent, but I don't feel like one because I don't ever see her. You know, I get pictures, but you could send me pictures and tell me it was her, you know. And so my, Martha, my wife, decided, and it was her idea, um, well, Jeff, we'll, we'll just put you on a plane and you go see her. And, and without Martha, that was Martha's idea. Because if Martha goes, y'all know what happened, guys. Right? Y- y'all got it? She's going to hold her the whole time, play with her the whole time, feed her the whole time, get up with her the whole time, and I'll sit in the den and watch somebody play something on, you know, that has a score to it, right? And so, so I said, Jeff, why don't you just go without me? And so I did. I, I hopped on one of those cheap flights, went up to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where my daughter and son-in-law live. And uh, Evie is the little girl, uh, my granddaughter. And so I, I showed up for 36 hours, and uh, and. I basically laid in the floor and played with this one-year-old. And um, I'm starting to get what some of you guys uh, think is such a big deal about this grandparent thing. It's pretty cool, all right? And so uh, I sat in the the floor. and In fact, I about couldn't get up. I sat there, I laid in the floor so long. But uh, this little little one-year-old sitting up, and and we're playing, right? She's got all the little toys, and... And the one little toy that for some reason she likes is the little box, you know, that has all the little holes in the top. You know, there's a triangle, there's a circle, there's a square, and then you can pick up a block and put it in there, right? And, at, you know, at 11 months old, she can do that because she's probably the smartest baby alive. Yeah. Uh, 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 but, you know, I, I looked into her face. I looked into her face. And there was such wonder. And, and, and she's like a sponge. I mean, everything that gets into her hand, you know, she'll mash up or whatever. And it's a sensory, it's a learning thing. Everything goes in your mouth, right? And, but there's this, it's a, it's a constant, a child's life is filled with 
with being a sponge. Um, and, and by the way, it was, just, it was just wonderful to be there. And, you know, every year I love going to when, when they ask me. And, but there's one class here at the school that I go to every year, and it's the four-year-olds, okay? And I love the four-year-olds. They're fantastic. And uh, God bless those people uh, that, that teach the four-year-olds old, you know. And, uh, and you know, I, I like visiting. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to stay. And so, but, you know, the four-year-old mind is, is pretty amazing. Because I go in there, I go in there on the, every year, I go in there on the letter P day. And I read the little book, uh, If You Give a Pig a Pancake. And, uh, and see, I, I'm Pastor Parrish who gives a pig a pancake. Oh, you got, I think you're picking up on it. And it's incredible in a child's mind of what they can learn if you teach them in such a way that can help them understand. And that's the child's life. I think that's why Jesus uses an illustration. A child is at the most teachable in his entire life at those times. That, that child age. Guys, that's why we're doing this. That's why it is so important to us here. It's at a time in your life when you're like a sponge. And that's why I'm telling you, if you're a parent or a grandparent, I'd get my little one in to, to children's ministry or whatever because it's at a time in their life when, when they listen and when they want to know you know, what? I think the mother told me one time, this is classic. Now, I don't mean anything by this, it's just funny. But a mom actually told me this. She said, I wish I was, this is what she said. She said, I wish I was half as wonderful as my child thinks I am and only half as stupid as my middle schooler thinks I am. <laughs> is that not classic? Because why? The child age is, is just filled with wonder and appreciation and and. Still, a child will, and also incredible faith. Now you understand what Jesus is using in this illustration. Why? Because a child, a child is, is just naturally trusting. In fact, some would call them gullible. But they don't learn till they've been lied to so many times to stop being trusting. Does that make sense? That's why it's easiest as a child, to become a believer. Can you put that one back up there? The one in verse three, I think. Can you bump it back up? It says, yeah. Notice there it says that unless you turn and become like children, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, think about children. They don't have to become anything, right? They already are children. Are you catching on? Here we go, right? So they already are there. So they don't have to become anything. They just, they just have to come. So it's easiest as a child. To me, it's one, of, it's one of the most important times in a person's life that gets so little credit because so much of what happens as a child, you don't even remember it. And yet it impacts you. Psychologists tell us this. It impacts you tremendously. So as I think about this illustration Jesus used, I don't know, I just love it. I love, again, just dissecting the things that Jesus told because they're, they're just so simple, but they're so profound when you see the illustrations that he uses. The faithfulness of a child, the humility of a child, the learning nature of a child, 
the, this, the sheer experience of being a child is the very thing he uses about what it means to be a new believer. You become like a child and begin to grow. There may be some of you in here that, that you're 40, 50 years old, and yet you're only a few years old in your faith. And you're, it's still so much of a wonder for you, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's what, it's what it's there for. And so the context that Jesus is meaning here is not the physical child. He's talking about those who are young in their faith. But he uses a child as an illustration, if you're catching on, for those of you who have ears to hear. So when you take a look at that, that becomes just a, just a great picture. You know, I have a video I'd like to share with you. Um, you know, the one thing that has happened here at Indian Rocks through the years, long before I ever got here, is that there's always been a very much of a priority on this area, the children's ministry. In fact, we have a great legacy. In fact, there's a great many of you that are sitting in here that you grew up here as children. We just, it's, it's, it's exciting. And um, I shared, we shared some of them with you last week. And we decided since we're so close to missions, we decided just to pick up some of, um, some of the people that are on the mission field that grew up here as children and just let them share with you. So, um, so it took some doing, all right? Let me tell you what, this, this, this video is, you know, you can get spoiled by some of the people around here that do these edited professional videos, right? Now, these are not that way. They're from the mission field. So we asked two, we had many we could have chosen from, we asked two who grew up in our church who were on the mission field. One's in Germany, one's in Thailand. And they basically just set up their phone and they gave us a little thing. So I just want you to see it because it's, I think it's even better that way because you see just the reality, but these are children that grew up. I just want you to see the impact that can happen on a child that can carry their way through where they're serving now. This is pretty, this is pretty neat. So anyway, this is pretty fun too. Go ahead and take a, take a look at this video. Hey, I'm Mitch. I was practically born at Indian Rocks. Hey, I'm Sarah. I started going to Indian Rocks when I was in middle school. Now we are missionaries in Germany to the Turkish people, which are about one million there. Yeah, so having grown up at the church, I also had the blessing of going to school there, uh, which helped really shape uh, my biblical foundation. Uh, I furthered that by going to seminary, and a lot of the things that I learned at the church and school there were deepened. Um, and I wouldn't be who I am today without the foundation that was laid at these places. It was so important for me to grow up in the church and be around a community of believers, seeing that there were other people who believed in Jesus too, and that I wasn't a weirdo, and going on mission trips through Indian Rocks and being able to see at a young age what it was like to serve the nations and to have that amazing camaraderie within our church in reaching the nations. Yeah, so we are really looking forward to seeing you at the Scent Conference next week. See you there. Hello, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. We are the Cordino family, serving in Bangkok, Thailand. And uh, my name is Mark, this is Bethany, and here's Audrey, Chloe, and Mimi. And uh, we wanted to share with you today a little bit about how um, children's ministry has impacted our lives. And uh... We've been hearing lots of exciting things going on in the children's ministry at Indian Rocks. And we just want to share a little bit about how children's ministry has impacted us personally and our girls' lives. I, I remember 
growing up at Indian Rocks from before I was born, <laughs> um, even at the old building, and the most significant thing that I remember was when I was about five, um, coming back from Wednesday night church with my family, we went every week, and I got home that night and went into my parents' room, and I told my parents, I said, Mom and Dad, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And I had come to the realization that I needed a, a savior. Um, in my little five-year-old mind and understanding, I knew that I had done things that were wrong and that I had sin that I needed forgiveness for. And I learned that through children's ministry at Indian Rocks um, all those years ago. And at that point, they walked me through um, praying to trust Jesus um, for the forgiveness of my sin and, and for salvation. And so um, that is obviously the, the most important decision that I've made in my life, and, and that was made through the help of children's ministry at Indian Rocks. Now, seeing that carried out into our, our girls' lives and seeing the impact that Indian Rocks children's ministry has had in their lives, um, even while we were home for the time that we were. And uh, the girls wanted to share a little bit too. Um, girls, what are maybe one of the things that you learned from your your church class? Well, I think we learned some Bible stories and... That's right. And what about you, Chloe? Did you learn something at class? Mm, yes, you did. <laughs> How about your favorite story? What's your favorite story in the Bible that you learned about? Mm, uh, she liked Jonah. That's her favorite. And, and, and um, mine is Mm -hmm. And Audrey, you were telling me earlier why we why we even left America to come to Thailand. What did you tell me? Well, because we needed to teach people about about God, about Jesus mm -hmm. and God, His His Father, mm -hmm. and so we needed we need to teach people. Mm -hmm. And we need to tell them about about Jesus and about mm -hmm. God. And Audrey wanted to read a little prayer here. Go ahead, Suna. Okay. <laughs> Dear God, some sometimes people praise you with hands that reach up high, and sometimes people praise you with heads turned to the sky, but I will simply praise you in my own special way by, try, by trying just to be your child today and every day. Thanks, Indian Rocks. We love you guys. Love you. <laughs> you know, the great part about that, again, I'm going off, off, off notes here. All right, I love that because you have to have girls to understand that concept. And God gave me three girls. And you got the oldest one that is telling everybody else what to say. And you got the youngest one who lives in her own world, you know. And uh, to me, that's just classic. That's just classic. But you know the cool part about that, I mean, that was in Thailand and then the Eggers, they will actually be here. That's the cool part about the missions conference. We support these people to do, to be a light in areas of the world that need it. 
the Eggers are in Germany, but they're, a, a lot of immigrants from Turkey have come there, a million, she said, and, and that's where they were serving originally and, and had to leave. So they'll be here. They'll tell you all about it. That's why I'm just so encouraged when they all get to come here. Make sure that you avail yourself to different things where you can hear what God's doing. But anyway, but these, I mean, these kids, they grew up in our church. And, and they, when we told them what we were doing, they jumped on it because they themselves know the impact that happens in children's lives because they see it, they see it where they are. And so, and so to me, that just is a, that's just a powerful, a powerful thing for us to understand, for us to see and, uh, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to put together. Number three, all right? Number two was the illustration. Number three is the explanation. And then Jesus makes this statement after he says, after he brought a child, and he said, unless you become like a child, you'll not even enter the kingdom of heaven, right? And uh, then talks about the humbleness of a child and other things. But then he says this, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Okay, that's his, I mean, again, this little boy is still standing there. And, and you know, these disciples are standing around. And he's saying, I'm here to tell you. And remember, I do understand the context. Because you know it's real important to me that you understand what he's talking about. But his illustration and the explanation was a physical child. He's talking about those who are young in their faith. But when you think about the importance of children, that's the whole, that's the whole reason Jesus is saying, and he's telling us that when we minister, when we reach out, when we receive in Jesus' own words, it's, it's like to him. And to me, that is, a, that is a powerful statement of doing why we do. And Indian Rocks has had a long history of pouring a lot of resources into children and students also. We're going to continue to do it. I tell every dinner with the pastor, and this is one of the things, so come to dinner with the pastor if you're new and you'd like to know more about, because I spend a lot of time just sharing. One of the things I always tell the people at dinner with the pastor is that around here, as I take them around to the different parts of the building, we, we spend a lot of our resources in these areas. Because as you well know, in the culture now in which we're living, there needs to be a place where God's word is being taught and shared on a creative level so that not only children, but all middle school, high school, even going on to college, they can get, they can understand because they've got to go out into all this. And where everything that, that about who God is is challenged and, uh, and it's really pretty amazing. So, so when you think about it, Jesus makes the statement, whoever receives one such child, my name receives me. And then he goes on to give you the warning uh, but whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, who believe in me, sin, that is lead them astray, uh, then it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck uh, and he'd be drowned in the depths of the sea. Right? That's pretty blunt, straightforward. Uh, I've actually been, Jesus was in Capernaum when he was saying this. I've actually been in Capernaum. And I know what Jesus was talking about because Capernaum was on the north part of the Sea of Galilee, right next to the right next to the Sea of Galilee. It was right behind you, and they unearthed all of these olive presses and millstones. So this place was a place where everybody brought their grain to be milled, and all of them brought their olives to be pressed for the oil. And so Jesus was just making a statement. Let me tell you something, because they understood because they were there. It'd be better if one of those big millstones was around your neck, 
and you'd be thrown and the sea was right behind you. So you can see what Jesus is saying. Basically, if you got one of those around your neck, you're going to the bottom, all right? And what is he saying? It'd be better that you, that you were not alive if you did that. So that's a pretty powerful statement, the importance and the priority. Now you understand the, root, the title of, of what we're doing, okay, in this area, especially in this area. So, so as you think, again, as you think uh, on these things, uh, I just wanted to present to you, because I always like for you to know not only what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And this is, uh, there's a lot of things that are, uh, well, there's several things on the horizon that I'm going to be sharing with you over the next few months. Okay, no, we're not, we're not building anything else. This is it. But there are other things coming up you're going to be real excited about. And a couple of things I'm looking, really looking forward to tell you, but it's a little before the time. But this is a big piece in it uh, that we wanted to do, wanted to go ahead and share with you, wanted to get you to understand and to see the vision of it and understanding why. Because you do understand explaining and, and sharing in a creative way has huge impact in a child's life. The environment you put them in is as important as what you say. If you know what children, you know what teaching children is, you know what I'm telling you is the truth. So here's what I'd like to tell you. So there is a financial end to it. And, um, and, 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 and this is where I want to go. This will be the last time I share this with you. Um, but I'll be, I'll be reminding you along the way. Guys, I believe so strongly in this. Um, I really, I really, this is, and I, don't, I, don't, I haven't done this a whole lot in the, in the nine and a half, ten years I've been with you. But I, uh, I, uh, I want everybody to be a part of this. Um, if you're part of our church, definitely. If, even if you're not part of our church and you see the, you see the understanding, the vision, you'd like to be a part of it, that would be great. Let me share with you just a little bit. You can go online. We passed these out to you, uh, to you last week. And I guess it's a good sign. We've had so many fly out the door. We're having to print more. Uh, but, but there's a place uh, in there, and uh, it's it's basically just it's financial, uh, totally financial because it needs it, it, you know it has to be paid for. Uh, the building's about two million dollars. It's actually about one point six million. And uh, Tim, uh, our administrator here at the church, um, he tells us he says he's been around here a long time, so he knows um, things always cost more than you think, right? And so we've rounded it up to about about two million because we want to equip it too with the technology that it takes. I mean, gone are the days that you can use felt boards. Okay, a few of you laugh because you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you go home and Google it, all right, uh, what a felt board is. What the, I've had, especially the last service, what's a felt board? Google it, you can find out. Uh, when I was a little kid, that's what they had creatively to share with you. I want you to understand kids are different today. So we want to equip that building with technology that can share, obviously, God's word in a creative way. And that's what that's going to be all part of it. But let me tell you something that I, I believe with all of my heart. This is, this is what's important to me. Um, I want you to pray about this. There's a, uh, again, there's an app. If you go on the app, you'll find this. If you go on the website, you'll find this. And, uh, and we'll have paper ones for you next week if you want one. But we want, the, we want you to pray about these things, okay? And, and let me tell you something. What's most important to me is, is everybody part of it. Uh, that's, that's what is most important to me. Um, you see, we don't have to vote on this. I'm kind of glad we don't. Uh, you only have to vote if you borrow money in our church. In our bylaws, you vote if you, we've, we have a church vote to borrow money. And we're debt-free, and we're not going to borrow money to do this. I don't think we need to. I think we have to. 
And so, um, and, and, and for that is, here's what, here's what we're going to do, is that I just want, I want everybody to be a part of this. And, and that's what I look to, is I want everybody to have a piece of what we're going to be building there, whether it's a dollar or it's $100,000. Um, and we need, we need all of those in between. And further, if you can, all right? But every one of them, I just want, to me, the most important part is that everybody, because since we don't have to vote, the way you're going to vote is, is by giving. You know, it's real easy to, on a big vote, you know, ah, I vote to build a children's building. I'm not giving to it, but I want to vote that you go build it. You know, so we don't have to do that. So really, the key is that um, uh, people who give are voting. And so I just want you to pray about it. Just that's all I want you to do. I want you to pray and ask God, hey, I'd like to, uh, how, would, how, how would you like to be a part? And, Mar- and there's different ways in here. There's weekly, uh, there's the bi-monthly. That's the one Martha and I are going to do. Uh, we'll give twice a month uh, just out of our regular giving and then add to it. Uh, you can do monthly or you can do just do a one-time gift. And so, uh, and, so and, the, and the commitment would be for a year. So like I'm going to give twice a month. So whatever I do, I'll add it all up and down there. And then that gives us a good clear direction of how we go, how we proceed from there. But I, uh, I really believe this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing with all my heart. You know me, you've come to know me now. Um, I, just don't, I just don't do things to do things. I really believe at this particular time, this is what God's called us to do. And so I'm gonna ask you to jump on board and be a part of it. Pray about how God would call you to, to do it. And, and would you let us know? Well, it, some, sometimes people would say, well, I'm gonna give, I'm just not gonna put anything down. That, that doesn't help us. We need to know so that we can know if we're gonna do it or not. Does that make sense? Uh, because if nobody puts it down, then we don't know. So we hold back. Uh, I really believe we can, we can roll with this pretty quick. I really believe, I mean, if we get rolling like we think, uh, we'll be done by this time next year, right? By a little bit earlier, probably 1st of February next year. So that's exciting things. All right, I'm gonna close right now. But as I close, I just want to make sure that everybody understands. And I, I, I'm not gonna keep sharing this part. I'll keep reminding you. We'll send you videos out. Uh, April 1st and 2nd, that's a Saturday, Sunday. That's going to kind of be the deadline for everybody to get everything back in. And uh, you, you don't have to wait till then. If you already know, then go ahead and turn it in, uh, whether it be a one-time gift or if you're going to give like I am, uh, you can turn that in too just to let us know. And so, but April 1st, 2nd is going to kind of be that day that we start gauging, okay? We've already, believe it or not, we've already had people that have already started to, to give and have given uh, big amounts, which is exciting. I was, I was so glad to see it that quick. And, uh, and you blew through these. We've had thousands of these go out. And so, uh, so I'm excited about it. I'm, no, I'm real excited about it. As much as Jeff can be, right? Uh, I'm not the guy that goes berserk at a game and paints my face, all right? So this is, this is it. This is exciting as I get, all right? But I, uh, but I, I, am, I am pumped up. I am pumped up about uh, just so interesting that a mom, a family came through the guest reception last service and, and had four kids under the age of 11. And she came in there to me and she said, you know, I, it's her first day, first time. So I think I maybe have come to the right church <laughs> 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 because of that, obviously for her hearing all of what I'm sure. 